0: You're listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast, bringing you fun and soulful interviews with spiritual teachers with the aim of tuning you in and lighting you up with your host, George Lizos.
1: Lightworker, when I first heard the term queer astrology, I immediately thought that it would be astrology for LGBTQ plus people. And although that's a big aspect to it, it is way more than that. According to Colin Bedell, queer astrologer and the author of Queer Cosmos, queer astrology is about questioning the binary. For example, is Venus just for women and Mars just for men? What does it mean to be a man or a woman in the first place? Are relationships good or bad? Or is there a grey area? Is monogamy the only relational configuration? Sounds fascinating, right? So this podcast interview with Colin was so thought-provoking for me because I haven't really had the best experience with astrological compatibility charts over the years. So in this interview specifically, you will learn what is queer astrology and how it is different from conventional astrology, how we can use astrology to strengthen the relationship we have with ourselves, how we can approach compatibility astrology in a more nuanced and inclusive way, and how we can use astrology to help ourselves to manifest a fulfilling romantic relationship. It is such a fun interview. I know you're going to love it. After you listen, be sure to come and join the Your Spiritual Toolkit Facebook group to join the conversation about the episode and tell me how your perspective about astrology has shifted as a result. Lightworker, enjoy this interview with Colin Bettel. I'm so excited to have here with me the fabulous Colin Bettel. Colin is a clear Gemini twin from Long Island, New York. He's a passionate student of secular personal growth systems and the universal spiritual themes explored in A Course in Miracles. Colin was a Provost Scholar in the MA Fashion Studies Program at Parsons School of Design, where he was a student speaker at a 2016 New School Commencement Ceremony. Complementing his work with Queer Cosmos, Colin's the weekly horoscope writer for Cosmopolitan.com, a columnist for Astrology.com, and he's a vice president of an astrology nonprofit group called Long Island NCGR. His best selling first book, A Little Bit of Astrology from Sterling Publishers, launched last November. His second book, Queer Cosmos, The Astrology of Queer Identities and Relationships, launched in November 2020. And his third book, Gemini by Sterling, debuted January
2: 2020. Colin, welcome to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Thank you, George. I, I'm definitely lit up from that fabulous introduction. Okay. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's an honor it to be here. so great to
1: have you here with me to talk all about queer astrology. I love yes. that you're bringing the queer into the astrology. Finally, someone had to yes. do it. Right. So <laughs> before we go into it, I want you to talk to uh, us a little bit about your journey to doing this work, to studying astrology and bringing the queer element in.
2: I love it. So fortunately, George, I am not the only, I just want to acknowledge that there are many other queer astrologers who are in the community and definitely trying to uh, queer the conversations, queer the methods, queer the analysis is what we're always trying to do, connected to other forms of identity related to race and gender and class, and just really trying to make astrology more applicable to intersectional identity i'm not the first i'm not the only and i certainly won't be the last um i'm just really grateful that i was able to just start asking questions that other people were and interpret it as best as i can so my journey with astrology kind of started out uh out of necessity really i think that's really the the origin story for many people who are in this industry is that they had no other choice because I was studying the conversation and the system really since I was about 12 years old, though I had never even possibly considered that I can do it professionally. Despite the fact that I knew that, you know, I knew astrologers firsthand, I had mutual relationships with them. I just, it, it, for whatever reason, I didn't connect those dots. And then when I was 27, my best friend and i who is a lesbian woman we decided to start queer cosmos to so just like explore different conversations do it from a generational perspective and that launched in june 2017 and then two weeks later i was fired from my day job so that's where the necessity came out of and that's where you you and i connected i think it was that month that it was june or july 2017. yes indeed summer. yeah and that was really when i knew okay i don't want to do anything else i am incapable of doing anything else (laughs) so i just need to swan dive into this conversation and do the best i can and here we are indeed
1: now i want us to set the stage for the listeners who haven't heard the term queer astrology before. What is queer astrology and how is it different from conventional astrology?
2: Amazing question. Well, first of all, I think that at the the baseline to be queer is to question the binary, right? Mm -hmm. Within queer is the verb query. So we're just questioning the shared assumption and norms about, well, what does it mean to be, and if for people who can't see me, I'm doing air quotes, be a woman, be a man. What is straight? What is not, right? And so we're just introducing sharper questions. I don't think we necessarily have answers, but we walk in with, the, well, wait a minute. So Venus sign is only applicable to heterosexual women and Mars is only applicable to heterosexual men? I don't think so. And then also, I think to be a queer astrologer is to really sharply question uh, relational norms and relational configurations, because in the vast majority of coverage and relationships in astrology, it's very much in good or bad compatibility. Hello, there's the binary again, just taking a different kind of shape and also questioning, well, is monogamy the only relational configuration? No. Can we give reverence for non-intimate connections like friendships, like like chosen family? These are all queer topics. Right. So what I try to do is just make sure that I am speaking on behalf of that population and that community. Of course, I am not the the majority voice, you know, I am not a monolith by any stretch, but I'm just making sure that heterosexual astrologers can make space for these dialogues and identities so that when they have readers and clients who identify within the LGBTQ plus family, that they can really understand the perspective that they're speaking from.
1: And what I love about what's going on in the world right now is that we are expanding the vocabulary of talking about gender, of talking about sexuality. We're discovering terms like non-binary. Yes. Queer queer used used to be like a a popular term out there. We're expanding the letters of LGBTQ+, which is a wonderful way for spirituality to start embracing and start having a conversation and having say into all these cultural change that's going on around the world. Now, just to be clear, so that people know, is your book Queer Cosmos and Queer Astrology just for LGBTQ plus people?
2: Great question. Absolutely not. Uh, Though there are certain coverages and notices that speak to the fact that Uh, like at the end of every uh, chapter where I talk about one sign specifically, like for Leo example, and I mention who is a public Leo figure that is queer, all of those people are identified within the LGBTQ plus community, right? And I speak on, well, let's do gender theory 101 so we can kind of speak to that. And what does it mean to be raised outside of majority culture because we're not heterosexual, right? Or we're not cisgender and all of those things. So Those voices and questions are given priority, though, of course, you could be an ally just interested in, well, hey, what could I glean from this wisdom? And I'm of the camp, the more the merrier, right? If you want to read the book, if you feel drawn to this material, don't let me stop you. It sounds like it's more
1: of an inclusive book rather than just isolating the LGBTQ plus community and just saying, oh, we don't care about you. <laughs>
2: it's just us. It's just inclusive, bringing more people in. It's yes, yes. And, and also making sure that they know because representation and visibility matters yes. that astrologers are trying to reconcile how fast culture has moved in exploring race, gender, sexuality. And also, can we advance astrology and the most progressive spirituality to keep up with where culture is moving in that dialogue?
1: Hmm. Now, let's get this a little bit more practical. So astrology has been primarily heteronormative. There was this focus in these binary relationships and genders. How can we start in a practical way? Give us an example. How can we see and approach astrology in a more
2: nuanced way? That's a great question. So we would just begin by making sure that when we ask clients questions or when we interpret astrology for people who are listening, that we do not make anything either or, Mm. right? To be queer is to include the both end methodology and the not only, but also methodology, right? Because historically, There have been astrologers who would go right into, oh, you're a heterosexual man, therefore let's look at your Venus sign to figure out what you're attracted to. And it's like, well, (laughs) okay, let's also talk about the moon. Let's talk about Mars. Can we talk about his Saturn making any aspects to his moon because maybe this heterosexual man has difficulties related to women because he had an overbearing mother like can can we just really make sure that we incorporate everything here so we just start there in terms of like never letting a particular aspect configuration or zodiac sign take precedent like it's all integrative it's all whole it's all not only but also and if that if that's the method that we explore i think we can really unleash astrology and the and the dialogue to it's 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 peak power truly
1: It sounds like you're talking about astrology as a personal growth system, which is one. However, so many people, myself included, because I grew up in a very uh, conventional traditional small island society. I was taught that astrology was something limiting. I was taught that my future was reaching the stars and I just had to look for my future over there rather than use astrology as a dynamic tool of personal growth with so many nuances and changes and energies. So, how can we begin to see all this shame and guilt that is so prevalent within the LGBTQ plus community and within other people as well through astrology as a system for personal growth
2: rather Mm. than an and or kind of situation? Oh, that is such a great question. Okay. Well, it just begins by the recognition that this system can provide that, right? It begins Mm. by people like you and people like me and any listener who feels called to contribute a different way to say, well, yeah, right. There are horoscopes in Cosmo. I write them, you know, but that's not the only way that we can experience this. And I also think it begins by readers and practitioners of the system really educating themselves on like what shame actually is, what it isn't, what is the antidote to shame? How can we encourage people to find relational tools of connection? Because I am very grateful for the fact that our crowd is deeply invested in personal growth. Though a lot of the coverage and posts that I see don't line up with the psychology of the research of what leaders are saying. So it also comes down to okay yes it is absolutely an antidote for shame and we can really cultivate resilience there, but do you have you done the research on that? Like where where where's your understanding of these of these semantics? Because shame is literally the difference between life and death. Shame is lethal. It's not guilt or embarrassment. It's not regret. So do you have the vocabulary right? And I'm not just being a a, a, a stickler for semantics here. I'm also just making sure that I think where we are moving in this beautiful spiritual renaissance that we're having is we want to find the intersections of where spirit meets science Mm. and if and if our crowd is not familiar with what the researchers and the scientists and the personal growth psychologists are saying we're doing a great disservice to the fact that people are listening to us right not almost as much as the people who have the white coats and the doctors and the therapists like that's great. And they also go see us. So we need to familiarize ourselves with that curriculum as well, because there can be a little bit of an anti intellectual fuzzy brained air dialogue going on. And I'm just like, you need to go home and do your homework because this is not going to fly with the culture we're living in today. Anywho.
1: I love how you're bringing the masculine energy into this feminine subject that is astrology, which is not really feminine. It has been approached in a feminine way. It's just very right. balanced. But you're, right. you're bringing in the science and you're talking about secular systems and psychology. Right. And So can you talk a little bit about the systems you chose to incorporate into queer, uh, queer cosmos in the book and combine right. astrology
2: with other systems? Yes. Oh, that's such a great question. So I did uh, reference a few of the tenants that are in A Course in Miracles that, for example, every relationship is an assignment, just like this one. You and I were assigned to each other to have this conversation on this day for the people that are listening, right? So that's absolutely there. And then I connected it to a lot of the relational sciences. So the work that's been done by uh, Dr. Harville Hendricks and his wife, Dr. Helen McKelly Hunt, on Hmm. having safe conversations in the workplace Of course, I reference uh, Dr. John Gottman and Julie Gottman's research into Bids for Connection, Love Maps. I spoke about, of course, Dr. Brené Brown's research uh, around shame, shame, resilience, empathy, worthiness, and connection and belonging. And then I definitely organized the compatibility section in, in my book based on the theory developed by Esther Perel, who is uh, really just a huge pioneer in the voice of couples uh, therapy. And she spoke on the fact that each and every one of us have two fundamental sets of separate and clashing needs, where we all want love, security, trust, reliability, and consistency. And we want desire, mystery, risk, and intrigue. Uh We want adventure, and we want safety. And again, this is beyond the binary. So the compatibility analysis is me speaking on which zodiac sign I have interpreted as being more capable of expressing love versus desire, how we can include the other zodiac signs, merit, and responsibility and just sort of say, okay, Libra, you know a thing or two about desire, so make sure you own and inhabit that and let ex partner contribute the consistency and empathy and, and reliability of love, right? So that's how I try to find the intersection of both because honestly, George, at their peak, they should be the same thing. Why? Because we're just interested in truth with a capital T. So I don't care what system, what path, what tradition, what technique we're doing it, we should all be landing on the same outcome.
1: I love it. I love it. I love how holistic it is and how complex it can get. Yeah. And how much detail you can get out of it.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. You
1: talk about uh, compatibility a lot. And as I'm sure you you talk about in the book, it all starts with the relationship we have with ourselves. Yes. How can astrology help us improve our relationship with ourselves?
2: Great question. You are such a fantastic interviewer. Let's make this (laughs) relational for a sec. I can tell you're quick you're paying attention, you're really curious about the the depth here. So how can astrology help us understand ourselves? Well, first of all, it is one of the most highly personalized metaphysical systems where we can understand our relational gifts and opportunities and our intimacy issues, right? We can speak on our erotic intelligence and our erotic zones, and then also the way that we communicate. I don't know of any other metaphysical system that can go in that depth. Okay. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite uh, relational pioneers, her name is Dr. Joanne Davila. She gave a fantastic TED talk called um, Relational Competency or uh, Key Skills for Relationships. And she's a doctor of clinical psychology and relational counseling. And what she observed is that the three primary variables to determine one's relational competency The first one is personal insight. So you are gonna have a very difficult time engaging in a serious relationship if you do not know your existential arena, Hmm. right? And astrology can really work carefully to help its readers and practitioners and students understand what it is that they would like to contribute and receive from a relationship. Yes. So, and and then I think from a spiritual point of view, right, we'll include the doctor and we'll include the theology, the theology here. We are each other. So you are everybody, everybody is you and your identity is a relational experience as well. So we have 24 hours in a day we can work on both in terms of this is who I am because I am loved by other people for this reason.
1: Uh So you're seeing other people as a mirror of you, as a reflection of you and
2: yours, your own relationship with yourself as a reflection of other people as well then? Without a doubt. And we want to be careful about that because it can almost like if we're having difficult relationships with other people, we don't want to say, oh, you know, you call that in was your thoughts, though. You know, I do believe that there is a certain amount of... Yeah, just we are calling experiences in related to the way that we have our own proactive conceptions around other people. Mm. And that's a really difficult both and truth to reconcile with, mm. you know, because uh, let's go ahead. Sorry.
1: No, whenever I do any uh, interviews regarding queer relationships and queer people, I always have to go to the question of because so many gay people, LGBTQ plus people like to, to make it more inclusive. They go through a lot of bullying, a lot of loneliness, yes. uh, a lot of hopelessness growing yes. up. And that's certainly an experience that I've had. And it sounds like astrology could have been a tool that I could use to understand myself better back at that point. So I want to make something clear right now with people who may be going through right now, something like that, and are listening to this episode how can they approach astrology to get themselves out of this sense of depression or hopelessness without, I mean, we're not giving Mm. any medical advice to people dealing with depression, but how Mm. can they begin to start finding hope through astrology?
2: Oh my gosh, that is such a good question. Well, if I had a client come to me expressing that they are currently struggling with any kind of mental illness from clinical depression, bipolar, or anxiety, uh, and any and others in between i would immediately go to the relationship that this person would have to the moon sign and talk about the way that they can emotionally regulate huh. right because astrology can really provide its people with the proper tools related to emotional health emotional, regu- emotional regulation and emotional discipline right because there is a lot of emphasis in culture that actually sustains feelings of hopelessness, Yes. right? Like, oh, you have this condition, don't know what to tell ya, guess you're just gonna be fucked with a capital F, excuse me for <laughs> cursing if it wasn't allowed, right? No, no, Completely no, perfectly out, allowed. Right, <laughs> and I think, you know, what's beautiful about astrology and our industry is that hopefully the desired outcome is personal transformation. Yes. And we witness people change every single day, so, We have to then encourage our clients to say, absolutely, we acknowledge the fact that this is a current condition you are living with, and not but, and here are some tools that you might want to apply for six to eight weeks, because that's how long we know whether or not something works, Mm. okay, and do it every day, and don't give me this, oh, well, (laughs) easier said than done. How do you know if it's easy? You never did it, right? And it gets easier when you try it. So let's stop coddling ourselves, okay? And when you work with these tools, you will see positive effects. Period.
1: Wow. So it sounds like our astrological chart really has all the answers we need if we see below the surface of just what each zodiac sign is and try and um, flesh out all the practical processes that we can use that are aligned with what the energy of that zodiac sign is to do the actual work and not just read about it oh my god yes i'm like
2: that period right right exactly and i and i think i would uh just texture your statement earlier to say it has all the questions Uh it doesn't have all the answers i know what you're saying though and you're right like there's so much that i can clarify absolutely but I, I think I heard someone say that astrology is not a choice maker, but it is a choice revealer. Yes. So there we go. It and I how do you remember, get to the answers? Without Yes, yeah. exactly. And you live into the answers. That's what Rainer Orilka, the beautiful yeah. poet, said. We live with the questions and then we live into the answers. Uh, and that's oh true. That's God. what astrology is. I know. And that's in the intro to my book is I basically say, if you think that this book is going to give you all the answers, it doesn't. But here are the questions and then let your life, you can live into the answers, right? And he's a Sagittarius, rest of soul. So what I did, you're right. And I also think it's important to remember that because we have every single house in our chart ruled by a zodiac sign, we have the entire zodiac within us. Yes, we will have certain energies more saturated within our charts than others, but if you need a little bit of that Aries charisma and motivation, you got it. You need some of that Cancerian empathy, it's yours. You need some of that Gemini articulation, let's find it. You need a little bit more of that emotional regulation, where the hell is Capricorn, right? So we all—it's all it's all there, and we just need to call it in and actively invite it into our lives and study these principles, and again, they cannot but work. We're talking about otherworldly miraculous Uh, extraordinarily powerful energies here. And it's like, you might want to try it sometime.
1: (laughs) I love it. It's such a powerful statement of oneness. uh, Because all these personality systems can uh, lead into compartmentalizing ourselves and creating spiritual egos and putting ourselves into boxes. Like for right. example, the enneagram or the, the yeah. Mars Briggs uh, personality system, astrology as well. But in their essence, when you get deeper, you realize you're all the types of the enneagram. You're all yes. the zodiac yes. signs. Yes. When you yes. really and you can find all of the zodiac signs within you. Amazing. Now yes. we've talked about our relationship with ourselves and how astrology can help us do that. Let's go into the juicy part. Let's yes. go into relationships,
2: romantic relationships, relationships sexual yep.
1: relationships. I love yeah. what you said, moving away from the binary of monogamy, because that is something that is uh, that we're pressurized to do from a very young age, and right. just having the uh, the opportunity to discuss something outside of it, I think it's so liberating.
2: Absolutely, absolutely, and I and that is very much. That has been brought about through the queer community by and large. Yeah. (laughs) Right? And so there are particular configurations in in our astrology that can speak to what relational configuration and sexual configuration work for you. Right? And none of them have a monopoly on merit. So, right. And, And you can look towards that, absolutely. And just provide the container, if you are the astrologer or the reader, to just simply make the client feel... Like their preferences and their desires are extremely important, Mm. they matter as well, and as long as they are open and honest about owning the desire, right? Esther Perel talks about how desire is owning the wanting. Own that you want this, yes, and name it to other people. Doesn't necessarily mean they're going to oblige, Right. But so long as you are very clear about what you want, you provide the foundation of a healthy relationship, which is authenticity and yes. self acceptance. And this is Brene Brown's research, but she says that our experience with belonging can never be greater than our level of self acceptance. So if you self accept that this is what I like, this is what I don't like, you will see enormous. Qualifications and meaning develop in your relationships from then on in.
1: As long as you don't resist it and just push against yeah. it with your guilt or shame, self shame, basically. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. So how yeah. do we how, how do we manifest a fulfilling relationship or relationships? How do we manifest mm-hmm. our soulmate or soulmates with mm-hmm. astrology?
2: Great question, and thank you for prodding us with me because uh, these are things I need to review. So, I believe personally that th- the universe, God, central casting, whatever uh-huh. language we want to use, has already determined when you will meet the people that you're supposed to meet. I believe that timing is predetermined. Uh-huh. I really do. How the fuck ever? What you do with that person when you're face to face, entirely up to you. Huh. Okay. Right? So yeah. that's where it's both free will and I believe that the divine does have something to say about when we are ready to meet somebody, right? Now, where astrology and spiritual systems can come in is where they always come in, which is, okay, Georgia, are you going to let love or fear take the wheel here. Which one is it? you want to keep an open heart and extend yourself up to love and still feel like you're safe and getting your needs met while holding healthy boundaries and being a space of proactive generosity and kindness and altruism? Go right ahead. You can do that, right? Or if you want to be armored and go, oh, I'm just going to repeat the stuff from the past because this reminds me of what mommy and daddy did because here I am coddling my emotional stuff and na, 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 All right, well, great. You're going to self-sabotage. You're going to subconsciously program the present moment to remind you of the past. And you're going to keep doing this and you're going to be on the hamster wheel until you finally get it. And if this person doesn't remind it to you, you're only going to meet someone who reminds you of them in about 10 minutes just wearing a different pair of pants. So you might want to get it through your head. Okay? And best of luck to you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I could talk to you for hours, colleague. Oh, so George, you too. I adore you. You're a so, so
1: sweet. <laughs> I adore you as well. The feelings are the same. Thank yes. you so much for sharing with us this fabulous information about queer astrology. It's been such a pleasure having you on the show. Please tell people where they can get in touch with you and where they can purchase
2: the book. Great. So they can get in touch with me on my website, queercosmos.com and that's my hands on all social media channels and my books are sold wherever books are sold. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, who the hell knows wherever wherever books are sold, uh, you can buy my work there. And everything that we've spoken about thus far is present in there. So if you resonate with those principles, you can read more about them. uh, And you have
1: another book coming out in January. So you have Gemini coming out as well, which is specifically about Geminis
2: correct so Absolutely. if you love a gemini uh, i know they I, I was assigned that right so my <laughs> my publisher did uh 12 zodiac signs and 12 different books by 12 different astrologers um so yes if you are a gemini or you love a gemini um that comes out in january and it's all about the mythological twins perfect thank you so yes. much
1: calling wishing you the one, a wonderful rest of your day thank you you too bye george bye
0: bye Thank you for listening to the Lit Up Lightworker Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at George Lizos to grab your free Lightworker Survival Guide and catch the next live episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well,